What's up, what's up, football fans? Welcome to episode 10 of the DKV Footy Show. We've had a lot of exciting action over the past week in the Premier League, Serie A, Ligue 1, and um, other leagues as well. And um, I would like to talk about that, do a little recap of the past week's action. But I would like to start off with the Champions League um, group stage draw which was held yesterday. And we've had some pretty interesting groups. Um, I'm going to start in alphabetical order. So group A, we have Atletico Madrid, Borussia Dortmund, Monaco, and Club Bruges. I think um, this is a very straightforward group. It's going to be Atletico Madrid coming first. Well, straightforward for Atletico Madrid. I, think, I don't think the other three teams stand a chance to beat Atletico Madrid, they're by far bigger and better than any other team. Dortmund could have a say, but judging off of the past um, season and the little that they've played this season, they're definitely not at the level that Atletico are at the moment. The battle for second place is definitely going to be between Dortmund and Monaco. Dortmund are definitely favorites to finish second. Monaco is also severely weakened. They're just not the same team they were um, two years ago. So, yeah, I see Atletico Madrid and Dortmund coming second with Monaco going to the Europa League. Group B, very, very tasty. We've got Barcelona, Spurs, PSV, and Inter. Arguably, I would say this is the group of death, in my opinion. We've got um, Barcelona definitely favorites to come first. But I am not ruling out Spurs. I saw the the damage Spurs did last season. They they came out first in a group with Real Madrid and Borussia Dortmund as well. So this season, I'm not writing them off. I mean, they defeated the eventual winners of the Champions League. But that being said, Barcelona, they rarely ever slip up in group stages. They, regardless of how bad they've been, how much weaker they've been over the past few years. They've still come out of the group stages relatively unscathed in every single season. I can't remember the last time they didn't top their group. So it's probably going to be the same. But I can see Spurs definitely beating Barcelona at least once. It could be most likely in the home game. I can see them definitely having the better of Barcelona. It's going to be very interesting to watch that match though. So... Yeah, that's that about that. Inter are also interesting. They have been touted to do good things this season with um, Luciano Spalletti still at the helm and with a few good signings that they've made, um, notably that of um, Raja Nangolan. So they could pose a challenge to um, both teams, to Barcelona and Spurs, but still, I don't think they're that good. And even if they are, I think most of their attention is going to be put into at least challenging for Syria. So because of that, I'll go with Barcelona first, Spurs second, and um, Inter probably third with PSV coming last in that group. Group C, another mouth-watering group. Actually, I take it back. I don't know if Group B is the group of death. Group C might be because they've got PSG, Napoli, Liverpool, and then Red Star Belgrade. Sadly, those are going to be the whooping boys of the group. But yeah, PSG, Napoli, and Liverpool. Damn, that's that's a really good group. Um, 
I really don't know who's going to top this group, honestly. Each um, team, Napoli, um, let me not say they have, a, they have a slight chance of topping the group. But definitely the favourites are PSG and Liverpool. Liverpool obviously coming um, second, the runners-up to Real Madrid last season in the Champions League. And PSG being knocked out by Real Madrid as well in the um, knockout phase. They're definitely going to put all of their eggs into winning the Champions League this season. They've hired Thomas Tuchel. And um, they've managed to keep Neymar, Mbappe. And um, it seems like they've also got a lot of um, young guys, upcoming guys like Timothy Weah. And other members of this squad. I think overall they should be a more cohesive unit this season. Neymar should have hopefully dropped the antics of last season. And they will definitely be game for this um, season's Champions League. They will definitely be more game for it than Liverpool, who I'm sure Liverpool are going to still be aiming to go as far as they can. But definitely their number one priority this year is to win the Premier League. Um, that being said, though, it's going to be a mouth-watering match between them and Liverpool. Napoli as well. I, I'm not going to write them off that easily. Even though they've changed their manager and they've lost Jorginho, they've still managed to keep that exciting front three who are still doing wonders this season um, with um, the big man Carlo Ancelotti at the helm. And um, they are definitely going to be a tough prospect as well. They, I can see them beating either Liverpool or PSG in their own um, at the home games this season. So, yeah, but that's going to be an interesting group. I can't wait to watch this. It's going to be so fun to watch. Um, group D, Lokomotiv Moscow, FC Porto, Schalke, and Galatasaray. Um, honestly, the less said about this group, the better. This is definitely the weakest group of all. Um, I'm going to go with Porto to top the group and Schalke to come in second. But, I mean, Galatasaray could still um, come in first or second. Honestly, this is a well-balanced group as well. So I think either of um, Porto, Schalke, and Galatasaray, I could see either of them coming first or second. I really can't tell. But my favorites for it will be FC Porto. <clears throat> group E, we've got Bayern Munich, Benfica, Ajax, and AEK Athens. Bayern are definitely going to be overwhelming favorites to top this group. Um, the biggest fight is going to be for who comes second between Benfica, Ajax, and AEK. They both um, have some firepower, have some credentials to their names. Um, but I'm going to go with Benfica to come second, though I can see Ajax definitely challenging for that second spot as well. Um, group F, we've got Manchester City, Shakhtar, Donetsk, Lyon, and Hoffenheim. Man City are quite fortunate with their group as well. I guess they were obviously going to have a, a relatively easier group because they cannot be put in the same group with other English teams. So by virtue of that, that already took out most of the challenges from the other three pots. But still, I think it's going to be a bit challenging. I think they're going to face some challenges against Lyon and Shakhtar Donetsk away from home. I remember last season, I believe they lost to Shakhtar away, even though they had already won the group. But still, they did lose to Shakhtar and Lyon have got 
Um, they managed to keep Nabil Fakir. And they've still got Memphis Depay, who seems that he has found his niche in this club. So they're going to be tough to play against. It's going to be exciting, though. I don't see either of them beating Man City overall in the group standing. But I'm going to be interested in watching the matches that they play against Man City. Man City are definitely out to win the Champions League this year after winning the league last season. Pep hasn't won a Champions League in forever now. So he will definitely be out to silence his doubters who um, believe that he cannot win the Champions League without the absolute best players in the world. So let's see. Group G, we've got Real Madrid, Roma, Siska, Moscow, and Victoria um, Pilsen. I believe that's how it's pronounced. Um, yeah, Real Madrid are definitely overwhelming favorites to top this group as well. They were lucky to avoid any of the English teams this season. And um, yeah, they're, they're going to come first. Biggest challenges are going to be Roma. And um, Roma might pose a challenge to them at the Stadio Olimpico, but I don't see Roma like putting up any challenge at the Bernabeu. And uh, Moscow will definitely be challenging Roma for that second spot as well. That's going to be interesting to watch, but I still think Roma are strongest of the um, remaining three teams. They've made a few good signings as well this season. And hopefully by the time the Champions League starts, they would have been able to gel a lot better than they have already. And then we've got the last group, Group H. We've got Juventus, Manchester United, Valencia and Young Boys of Switzerland. This is also another contender for the group of death. Oh, we've got Juventus, United, Valencia. I think Juventus are definitely overwhelming favorites to top this group, but it's going to be another um, homecoming for Ronaldo. He's going to get to play Manchester United again, home and away. Um, all I can say is hold my prayers, hold Manchester United in your prayers when this match comes up, because how in the hell is... Smalling or Bailly or Jones or Lindelof, any of them, how are they ever going to be able to handle Ronaldo and the firepower that Juventus have? The Juventus are definitely putting all of their all of their eggs in the Champions League baskets. They've won seven straight Serie A titles. They're probably going to win it this year again. But we all know the reason why they signed Ronaldo was to win this this year's Champions League. They're desperate for that title. And I don't see any of the teams in the in this group challenging them. Valencia will be a very interesting match, though. <clears throat> Honestly, I can see Valencia coming second in this group. They could definitely beat Manchester United. I haven't seen anything from United to suggest that they're going to challenge at all in this Champions League. And I'll get back to Manchester United more um, later in the podcast. But... Yeah, Valencia can definitely come second. It's going to be a fight for second between Valencia and United for sure. But yeah, so um, another, um, the games will probably, I think the first match is going to be on the 19th of September. It's going to be between Barcelona and PSV. That's going to be interesting to watch. I mean, Barcelona is at home, so that should be um, a non-issue for them. We've also got other notable fixtures on match day one. We've got Inter Milan versus Spurs. Inter are at 
at home actually at the San Siro. So what a huge opening match for Spurs this season. That's going to be interesting to see if they can actually handle Inter. It's going to tell us more about their credentials and how far they can go in the Champions League, which I think they should be aiming to go as far as they can as well. Last season, when they lost to Juventus, a lot of people said it was um, very unlucky and it was as a result of their lack of experience. So let's see how they perform one year on from that. Um, we've got Club Bruges versus Dortmund as well on match day one. Monaco versus Atletico Madrid. Liverpool versus PSG. Oh, what a mouth-watering opening um, day match. It's going to be very interesting. Liverpool are playing at home. Um, I'm so excited to watch this match. Honestly, I can barely hold my excitement. I know it's three weeks away, but that match is going to be intense as hell. Um, after losing in controversial circumstances, some would say, to Real Madrid in the final, Liverpool will definitely be out to stake their own claim. And PSG as well, after getting knocked out in the group stage, they are definitely going to be out to prove a point. So, yeah, Liverpool, PSG, mouth-watering. Um, we have also got Real Madrid versus Roma. Real Madrid are at home at the Bernabeu. Um, I don't see them having too much of an issue. I mean, Roma could definitely pose a threat, but Real Madrid should get away with this one comfortably. Valencia, Juventus. Juventus away at Valencia. That's an interesting opening match as well. Um, hopefully by then, Ronaldo has already gotten a few goals under his belt. And um, he'll probably even be rested for this match because I read somewhere that um, Allegri plans on playing him for only 60 minutes or 30 minutes whenever there's a Champions League match coming up. So I expect him to be well rested for this. And Juventus should beat Valencia, but Valencia is definitely going to give them a tough go. Um, we've got Benfica versus Bayern. Bayern should win this one comfortably, but I don't want to. I I don't want to um assume that that's going to be the case because Bayern are also in a transitionary period, so this could be a potential banana banana slip for them. In this match against Piet, against Benfica, then we've got Man City versus Lyon. Um, should be a Man City win, but I can see some goals in this match because Lyon has very good firepower to contend with Man City's. It's just at the back where they're just obviously not going to be as strong. So I can see this being like a 5-3 or or 5-2 or something like that, or a 4-1. But yeah, goals galore in that match. And then we've got Young Boys versus United. Um, let's see. Who knows if United is even going to win this match? I mean... At this moment, I really don't see United beating any team at all. Um, but it's the Champions League. Mourinho is good at knockout competitions. So let's see. Maybe he's going to park the fucking bus again and get a 1-0 win or something. But that's still a ways from now. It's um, th about three weeks from now. So yeah, that's that about the Champions League draw. We also had Luka Modric being named the UEFA Player of the Year, which I have no qualms with at all. I think he definitely deserved it for the season he had with Real Madrid, winning a Champions League again and reaching the final with 
a not-so-favored Croatia side. He was so good in the World Cup, winning the Golden Ball. And, yeah, fully deserved. I'm so happy for him that he's finally won and gotten the recognition that he deserves. Because, honestly, I think he's one of the best midfielders, like, of this generation. Definitely the best of the over the last, like, six years, I would say. He's been so good, so pivotal to everything Real Madrid has done, all their successes from that midfield. He doesn't get a lot of recognition because he doesn't score a lot of goals. But nobody can deny the talent and the um, leadership qualities, not necessarily by speaking, but leadership on the pitch that Modric has. And he got the credit he deserves with this award. It's going to be interesting to see who wins the Ballon d'Or now because that is going to be huge if Ronaldo or Messi don't win it. That's going to be definitely the end of an era the end of this era that is obsessed with goals and assists and statistics. And we might see a little return of um, the old ways. So that's going to be interesting to watch. Now let me get back to the, um, to the last past weekend's results. And I'm going to start with the Premier League. And there really is only one place to start this. And that's going to be... Manchester United nil, Tottenham Hotspur three. Like that was um a shocking result. Um, I'm going to honestly try to be as objective as I can. As angry as I was, I honestly I I would say United played reasonably well, especially in the first half. If Lukaku had been able to finish that chance with the open goal, this match could have turned out completely differently. But he missed. He missed and United paid for it. They missed other good opportunities. And in the second half, I had a feeling after the first half that if United didn't score, Spurs were going to basically recalibrate and come out for the second half looking stronger. And that's exactly what happened. They came out and they um, scored the three goals in the second half. The first with the Kane header. Very impressive header, but Jones, like, what the hell was he doing? That was embarrassing defending. He was so bad in that whole match. And set pieces again. How many goals are United going to concede from set pieces before people realize that Mourinho is just not the same coach that he used to be? I mean, this was a given back in the day that Mourinho's teams would defend corners excellently. In fact, the only threat that would be involved in a Mourinho team in a corner was if the Mourinho team was trying to score because his teams are so good at defending set pieces and scoring from set pieces. But this season and last season as well, so many, I think the majority of the goals Manchester United have conceded have been from set pieces. So it wasn't so surprising to see this again, but it was just like disappointing, honestly. And Lucas Moura with the two goals, um, he had a very good game. He looks like a very able um, replacement for Son. And I think when Son comes back, it's actually going to be a challenge for him to come back straight into the match. Lucas Moura is definitely going to have ample time to continue to stake his claim as um, somebody who should be a starter in this Spurs team. He's finally showing the, the potential that he had when PSG signed him all those years back, when he almost actually went to Manchester United, but PSG came out with a last-ditch offer that was um, just crazy for anybody to even comprehend at that time. But yeah, 
Mora's come good for Spurs, and Spurs look um, very good. To be fair, I don't think they were actually that um, excellent. I think the scoreline was a bit flattering for them, but still, they managed to be a top six team away from home for the first time. The the first time they're beating Man United away from home in like about forty years, and just the second time they're beating a top six time a top six side away from home. Um, in the past, like I think since Mauricio Pochettino took over, they beat Chelsea last season away from home, and then they're beating United this season. So let's see. They actually look like they could genuinely challenge for the league this season. Um, the reason why I had reservations about them challenging was because. They could have challenged last season and especially when Leicester won the league, but their lack of experience and their inability to handle themselves in tough situations proved to be their downfall. But this is the same core group of players. They've made um, no new signings for, um, from last season and they've still got um, Pochettino as their coach. They've managed to keep the key players that they had so let's see if they actually um, can put on a 38-game performance this season. Um, but yeah, United, though, the less that can be said about us, the better. Honestly, nothing good can come out from United until Mourinho gets sacked. And even if he gets sacked, that's still not the solution to our problems because, as I said last week, Ed Woodward is a huge issue with United, is a very big problem. He needs to step aside from handling football-related um, decisions and should only stick to the marketing aspect and should hire a technical director. The sooner they do that, the better it is going to be for United. But these are not things are not just not looking good for us right now. I'm just so afraid for the future and like what could happen to United. So um, next match, um, Wolves put on the upset, drawing one-one with Manchester City. This was a very exciting match. Um, Wolves, even though they're a newly promoted team, they definitely have the quality to finish in the top 10 this season. They've managed to sign some very um, exciting players, players for the future, especially the Portuguese players. This is from their link with Jorge Mendes, who has um, provided them with players like, players like Ruben Neves and Rui Patricio, their, their keeper. They look like a very exciting team. For once, we had, a, we had a team that was not afraid to attack Manchester City, that was not afraid to press them high up the pitch to get the ball and to really go at them. I love the way the coach set up for this match. It was brilliant. Um, Manchester City did create a lot of opportunities. And if we're being fair, in terms of goal-scoring chances, open clear goal scoring opportunities i would say manchester city had more of those but wolves were definitely deserving of the 1-1 results the goal yes it shouldn't have counted because it came off the hand of the um of the defender i think uh, i can't remember his name but the guy who scored the goal it clearly came off his hand which the linesman should have spotted and he didn't so people are like bring up the case for why they should bring VAR to the Premier League. But still, I love the performance of Wolves. I think this is definitely a, a blueprint for other clubs to see that. 
they can actually beat Manchester City if they decide to come out and attack and just not sit back and park double-decker buses and wait for Manchester City to get at them. If you actually come out and attack, you can you have a definitely a way better chance of getting a result. And it's nice to also see that City are vulnerable without De Bruyne. Um, if they had lost De Bruyne for the three months that they're losing him and they had still continued to just steamroll over teams, people would have just been like, oh, like even without De Bruyne, they can actually still win the league. So now that we've seen how, um, how much they miss him, I think it's going to be interesting to see how they bounce back from this in, in future matches. But definitely um, the other teams in the Premier League should be given hope by this result. Um, next match, Newcastle 1, Chelsea 2. Newcastle played a crazily defensive game. I don't really blame um, Rafa Benitez for doing that because... He doesn't have the resources. His club refuses to spend money. And he can only manage with the team that he has. So I don't really fault him at all with the negative approach that he brought to this game, which actually could have paid off. Honestly, yes, they defended a lot, but I think they deserve to come out with at least a draw from this match. Chelsea, yes, they attacked and attacked, but how many clear-cut chances did they actually create? Not that many. In fact, the goals they scored were from a penalty, which was um, arguable if it was a penalty or not. I personally think it was, but there's been a lot of debate surrounding it. And also an on goal from, um, from DeAndre Yedlin. So, yeah, th- those are very unfortunate circumstances in which to give up goals and to lose the match. But... They definitely deserve the better. They um, they gave their all in that match. They defended with their lives. And they really put in a good effort. Kudos to Rafa Benitez, who has agreed to take up this role with as the Newcastle head coach. Despite his resume and the previous teams he has managed, I think it's really amiable what he's doing with this team. And more power to him. I like what he's doing. I I hope they manage to stay in the league again this season. And Chelsea, well, let's see if they're really title contenders. In my opinion, I don't think they've... I think they've been quite fortunate to still have nine points. They've played well, yes, but they haven't played like anything extraordinarily good. They've just not been found out. They, they still have defensive frailties which can be seen every time they're attacked. David Luiz is just not a good defender anymore. It has to be said. I know he's in the team for his goal scoring, sorry, for his um, ball playing capabilities and his ability to spread the ball. But in terms of defending, actual defending, he's just not that great anymore. But yeah, Sterner tests lie ahead for Chelsea. So let's see how they handle that. But I'll give, um, I'll give kudos to Sari. He's in the short period of time he's been here. He definitely has put in a lot of changes to this team, and you can definitely see his philosophy being implemented in this team. And this was Hazard's first um, start, and other World Cup winners. Let's see how they um, play when the season continues. When he's got the whole team training together for a good solid amount of weeks, let's see how they continue to play. But 
yeah, definitely Sterner tests lie ahead for them. Liverpool won Brighton nil. Um, this was not an easy game for Liverpool. They really tried hard to break down that defense, and they eventually did through, was it, I think, yes, Mo Salah got the goal. He seems like he's just not slowing down from last season. And why would he? I think it wasn't a fluke what he did last season, and he's going to prove it this season. If Liverpool is going to win the league, he needs to have a similarly good season, but also Firmino and Mane also need to really chip in and step up and contribute as well. But yeah, they won this match. It was a good 1-0 win. Brighton didn't necessarily threaten too much. I think Liverpool were definitely deserved winners. And these are the kind of matches that they struggled with last season. So it's, it's nice to see them come out with a win here. And um, we've got Arsenal 3, West Ham 1. Yes, Arsenal finally got their first win of the season under Unai Emery. But it has to be said that they weren't really that great, to be honest. They were quite average in the match. West Ham deserved to be a goal ahead when they scored the opening goal through Arnautovic. And um, yes, Arsenal um, got back into the game. They deserve credit for doing that. But definitely, I don't think Emery knows what his best team is at all. He's still not starting Torreira, which I think he needs to do. And um, it's interesting, that whole issue with Ozil. We don't really know what the truth was, if it was really an illness or um, as a result of a bust-up um, between him and Emery during training. But Ozil is not doing himself a lot of favors this season. And it seems like there's, a lot of, there's already trouble in the Arsenal camp. But let's see if it's true or not. I really don't know what the truth is. So eventually, let's see if he starts him this weekend. <clears throat> so we've got La Liga, some notable results in La Liga. We had Real Madrid beat Girona four goals to one. And Bill got another goal to his name. Seems like he's going to be pivotal to anything Real Madrid can achieve this season. But this was a straightforward win against Girona. Yes, I think Girona scored first, but Real Madrid came back and won convincingly, which they should because obviously Girona is not a big team. Um, but yeah, Lopetegui, let's see. His philosophy seems to be, um, to be gaining ground as well in this team. But we'll see if he can really do this against bigger teams, bigger oppositions in the future. So we had Valladolid um, losing to Barcelona 1-0. Was, this was a controversial match as well because of how horrible the pitch that they assembled was. It, was, um, it seems I think they're going to get fined by La Liga because of how bad their pitch was, which they deserve to, to be fined. And yeah, that's all I'm going to say about that match. Barcelona 1-1-0. Let's go Madrid beat Rayo Vallecano 1-0 as well. Let's go Madrid are just, I call them the masters of the 1-0 win. Nobody, no coach knows how to set out his team just to win by a single goal and make it look comfortable the way Diego Simeone does. I've said they can win the league this season, so it's nice for them to um, get their first win. But yeah. Another interesting thing about La Liga is this agreement that they've made with 
this company called Relevant. I think that's the company that organizes the International Champions Cup. So they've reached a marketing deal with La Liga, to, which would potentially lead to one La Liga game a season being held in the U.S. There's been a lot of different opinions surrounding this. Those who are in support say, yes, it's time for La Liga to really promote itself outside of Spain. They're trying to become as exciting and as popular as the Premier League. And the way that the league believes they can do so is if they start playing one of their matches in the U.S., in a bit to really grow their fan base outside of Spain. But those who are arguing against it say, in reality, the only teams that are going to benefit from this deal are obviously Real Madrid, Barcelona, and possibly Atletico Madrid. This is so because the games that are going to be played in the US obviously have to include either Real Madrid or Barcelona or Atletico in order for fans to be convinced to come and watch it. And it's going to be against a smaller team. But the thing is, the smaller team's home game against Real Madrid or Barcelona is what is going to be sacrificed to play this game in the US. So it's not like it's going to be a Bernabeu game that is going to be lost and played in the, in the US. It's going to be, for example, a home game for Hetafe against Real Madrid, which is going to be moved to the US. And this definitely only favors Real Madrid and Barcelona and Atletico Madrid because those are the only teams with um, strong fan bases outside of Spain. Nobody, is, nobody in the US is going to come and watch because they want to see any of the smaller teams. In terms of finances as well, I think the TV rights or anything, most of the benefits are still going to go to Real Madrid. Unless La Liga can come out with a way to show that they're going to um, make it fair and profitable for the smaller teams as well. I really don't see this working out. And the La Liga players have already decided to that they might um, organize a strike against this decision. And I, I'm definitely in support of that because... I don't see why this is a good idea. I know people are comparing this with the NFL and NBA bringing their games to um to Europe. I think uh, yeah, the NFL definitely plays like two or three games a season at Wembley. But there you cannot really draw parallels between the NFL and La Liga. First of all, the NFL has so many other good teams. It's not just always going to be a two-horse race every season. If you want to look at the past Super Bowl winners of the past 10 years, you can see that there have been at least six or seven different names in the, in the list of teams that have won the Super Bowl. So this shows that the NFL is very competitive. So for example, if the um, Denver Broncos and the Seattle Seahawks are going to play a game in Wembley, it's benefiting both teams because both teams are big enough to draw an audience over there. It's not going to be just one team being the main draw and the other team just coming in to, um, to fill the void, to fill the attendance, or just because there needs to be another team to play against the big team. In the NFL's case, and in the NBA as well, it's very competitive. There is really no small team. I mean, yes, there are teams that are definitely going to be um, bottom of the list and teams that are always there are boss the top, 
but the number of those teams that are at the top are way more than just two or three teams. People watch the NFL, like almost every single game in the NFL is watchable. That cannot be said for La Liga. The average football fan is not watching Leganes versus Rayo Vallecano every week. They're only watching Real Madrid, Barcelona, and sometimes Atletico Madrid. So the parallels with the NFL cannot be drawn and with the NBA as well. I don't agree with by comparing these um, La Liga with these two um, foreign leagues. So La Liga, yeah, it's going to be hard for them to pull this off. And I really don't see it happening at all. So on to other notable results. Um, Ligue 1, PSG um, beat Angers three goals to one. Mbappe put in another show. He seems like he's just going to steal this limelight away from Neymar this season, which is going to be interesting to watch how the whole dynamic um, plays out in the dressing room. But they, yeah, it was a well-deserved win. They're going to win the league. That's bish bosh bosh. No, no need to talk more about that. Syria, Juventus 2, Lazio 0. Ronaldo is still searching for his first goal. And isn't it crazy that he had a tap in, but unfortunately he um, mishit the, the shot and he gave an inadvertent assist to Mandzukic. That was just funny to, to watch. I think eventually Ronaldo's going to get his goal sooner rather than later, probably in the next match. So not so much to worry there, but Juventus still too strong for any other team in in Syria. Napoli beat AC Milan three goals to two. This was a very entertaining match. Milan actually was leading um, 2-0 at halftime. And then in the second half, Napoli just came back and um, won it all. Uh, it was a good match. Good to see them winning again with Ancelotti at the helm. I hope they can actually challenge for the league. I think most people don't really see them challenging again, but I, I hope they do for the sake of, uh, of, of entertainment and for the sake of competition. I hope they challenge. Um, Roma 3, Atalanta 3. This was uh, surprising as well. People are touting Roma to also challenge for the league title, but they can't do so with that shambolic defending. So they need to shore up their defense and their new, new signings need to gel. And they can definitely play a lot better than this in the future. And then Inter 2, Torino 2. Um, Inter Milan are still yet to get their first win of the season, which is surprising because they were also um, believed to be challenging for the league. And this was not a good match for them at all. Drawing 2-2 at home with Torino. But let's see how they bounce back from this next week. And onto the Bundesliga, Bayern Munich 3, Hoffenheim 1, Lewandowski on the score sheet again. It seems like his future has been settled. He's going to stay at Bayern. Seems that no team of Bayern's caliber came out to sign him. So, yeah, he's just ended up being stuck at Bayern Munich, which is not too bad. That's not a... That's not the end of the world. Bayern is still going to be challenging for every competition that they play in. But I'm going to be interested, interested in seeing how they play in the Champions League. That's the main um, cup that they've been trying to win since they won it in 2013. And let's see if Niko Kovac is actually the real deal that he's supposed to be. Um, Borussia Dortmund also beat Leipzig four goals to one. Um, 
Dortmund are just not the same team that they used to be. But with Lucien Favre as the manager now, I want to see how he's able to really pick this team up and change the way they play. Let's see if he can um, reignite the stadium again, reignite the team and make them challenge for the league again. But yeah, they won that one four goals to one. So some notable fixtures for this weekend. In the Premier League, we've got Leicester City versus Liverpool. That's going to be an interesting match. Leicester is playing at home against Liverpool. I'm not sure if um, Jamie Vardy is still suspended. I think he is. Yeah, he had a red card in the last game, so they're going to be without Vardy. So I think Liverpool should win this match um, quite convincingly. I think they should start to start. Um, they should start to be blowing teams out of the way, the way Manchester City did last season. If they want to be seen as serious contenders, winning games one nil, two nil. That I don't think that's sustainable um, in a thirty-eight game season for um, Liverpool. So I expect them to win this one convincingly. Chelsea versus Bournemouth. That should also be another convincing, convincing win for Chelsea. Um, Let's see how Sari continues to implement his philosophy. I expect Hazard to start again. And um, the other players, I think the, the players are still going to continue to gel with the team to understand what Sari expects from each position in the pitch. So that should be an interesting match to watch. I think Chelsea should win it convincingly, though, because Bournemouth are just not that good. Uh, Manchester City versus Newcastle. <laughs> Let's see the new, brand new double-decker bus um, Newcastle are going to use to defending this match. No doubt Benitez is going to put in the same tactics that he put in the last match. I don't know if Shelby is going to be back. Shelby and Lascelles. Let's see if they're back. Because they definitely need all of their best players to get anything out of this match again. And for Manchester City, let's see how they bounce back from that draw last week. I expect them to bounce back pretty well. I, I think they'll win the match convincingly. Unless Newcastle has other ideas, but I doubt they do. So, yeah, that's, that's that about that. Um, we've got Cardiff versus Arsenal. Um, Cardiff seems like they're going to be the team to go down this season. They don't look exciting at all. There's um, Neil Warnock. is just not an exciting coach to have at the helm anymore. He's not as good as he used to be once upon a time. And Arsenal, that should give Arsenal another opportunity to um, gain some momentum after the disappointing start to the season that they've had. Aubameyang should hopefully get on the score sheet. He's on my FPL team, so I'm rooting for him to score. Let's see if Ozil is put back into the starting eleven, which I expect he should be because Unai Emery is really trying hard to... Um, present a unified face to the to the public. Um, next, we've got Burnley versus United. Honestly, Burnley could win this match. Uh, it wouldn't shock me. United are just in shambles. They don't know what to do. The club is just in a very desperate situation right now. And if they lose or draw, let's see if Mourinho still keeps his job. Honestly, Mourinho could get sacked any day from now. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, Watford versus Spurs. Spurs are going to have another chance to continue on their momentum. They, they've, they also have 100% start to the season. Um, this should be a good match, uh, a London derby. So 
Watford will definitely be more up for it than they usually would be. But Spurs should win this match convincingly as well. Watford might put in a bit of a challenge, but Spurs should like come out with the win. So La Liga, we've got Salta Vigo versus Atletico Madrid. That should be an interesting match. Salta are usually quite hard to beat whenever they come against big teams. So let's see how they play. Real Madrid versus Leganes. Easy win for Real Madrid. Not going to talk about that. Barcelona versus uh, Huesca. I believe this is a newly promoted team. And Barcelona, they never ever find it difficult to beat newly promoted teams. Syria. We've got AC Milan versus Roma. That's an interesting match. Both teams, um, a lot is expected of both teams this season. So it's going to be a really tough game um, to see. Let's see how AC Milan can bounce back from the loss against Napoli and how Roma can bounce back from the draw that they had against Atalanta. Then we've got Parma at home to Juventus. Let's see if Ronaldo can finally get his first goal from Juventus. And let's see if Parma can put up any challenge. Every match, all the, the teams are definitely looking out to stop Ronaldo from scoring, to make Ronaldo respect Syria. They, they're trying to say that Syria is not easy like La Liga, where teams just lie down for bigger teams to walk all over them. So let's see if Parma can continue with this narrative or if Ronaldo will get his first goal. And then Ligon, we've got um, Nîmes versus PSG. Should be an easy win for PSG. Nothing much to talk about that. So yeah, that's that about um, the past week's action and the um, weekend's uh, matches. Definitely a few exciting matches to watch. So I'm going to be expecting some upsets, hopefully. But overall, just entertaining football as usual. And um, that's about it for me. I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode of the DKB Footy Show. Leave a comment, leave a review, and I will see you guys next week. Bye-bye.